Hey everyone, Chris from Benzinga. We are live VCon 2022. I am joined by Elu and Klan from the Cool Cats team, uh, co-founders. Guys, thanks for joining us, uh, taking time out of VCon to chat with Benzinga. So VCon 2022, I mean, this huge event, we've got multiple days, multiple panels, speakers, celebrities, musicians. Uh, Elu, I'll start with you. You know, what are your overall thoughts on VCon and how does it compare to some other festivals you've done? It's tons of energy. It's interesting comparing it to NFT NYC because there's a lot of there's a lot of people here who were introduced into NFTs through V Friends and through Gary V. So it's interesting. Uh, whereas like NFT NYC or South by Southwest, a lot of those people are more. Um, I think they've uh, they've been in the game like longer, whereas a lot of people here were introduced. You sort of like shepherded into the community through a particular person so there's a, there's, there's a different uh energy for sure but it's very the vibes here are immaculate everyone's very positive it's very like you know sharing education a lot of great networking but it's been a it's been a very positive experience overall. awesome yeah Fun. Uh, what i love about vcon compared to like new york or south by or any of these other events is that Instead of everything being sprawled out and everyone's different little project doing their own event, everything is contained in the stadium. And so it just creates a whole different conversation for, like, you know, NFTs. And like you, you feel said, like you're in a Discord server. Yeah, yeah. yeah it feels like a giant a stadium, yeah, everything yeah. contained. I, I love that. So, yeah. you know, within that, that same thought of, you know, uh, being in this one area, you've been able to, you know, meet some people, some other artists, some other founders, and also some people, you know, who maybe are in the Cool Cats Discord regularly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, tell me about some of the, the people that you've met here, either from Cool Cats community or other projects. Well, other projects, anonymously, I'm going to take it before he says it. Yeah, Betty. Uh, <laughs> we, love Betty. <laughs> we love the Betty. It's great meeting, um, you know, uh, she docks herself here, which is really cool. So, it's, it's really, uh, she's, she's one of the, that fellow is one of the projects we've really kept close to our heart because um, we really like their community. We like, we're, we share a lot of the same sort of like, um, I think, vibes as far yeah. as like just, you know, we're, I don't know, there's a lot of authenticity and just, uh, just good vibes in general. So it's, it's really cool to connect with her on like a founder level and yeah. meet her in person. For yeah, sure. Um, yeah, probably the same for you. Well, like we've been able to meet people from our Discord, from the Cool Cats oh, yeah. community. Funny enough, we were actually able to meet people on the Cool Cats team oh, yeah. that we've never yeah. met for the Bex, first time. Bex, yeah, for the first time. Bex and Merv, yeah, yeah. wherever you guys are right now. Yeah. Got to yeah. hug them. That was great. Yeah, yeah. isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like in person, like people you talk to all the time online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the NFT community, part of these discords. But yeah, a big event like this bringing everyone together. Uh, so, Klan, you had a panel on the main stage on Saturday, and one of the things you said that really resonated, I think, with myself and other people who follow this scene is a lesson you learned of not giving up. So you created the Blue Cat in 2013, and you said you had to put it down for a little bit for a you know professional career outside of the space, and NFTs let you come back in with Blue Cat. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I had to make this decision of am I going to continue to try to be an artist or am I going to like have a like make a living for myself and have a salary because we have bills to pay and that's just the facts of uh, just the real world. And so what was cool is that this guy brought me in <laughs> through my graphic design to work on his project. Long story short, 
we were like, wait, let's bring back this character I've been drawing for years because he's, he's known about it yep. since like 2015 when I did the cartoonist. And it was just wild that it was like, a, it felt like that weekend project that you're just like doing something out of pure passion and not really caring where it goes. We were just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this sold out and then we might go do something else. Yeah. But what we didn't realize was like, because of that passion that we put into yeah. it, this whole community formed right. and created this whole like ecosystem. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it didn't inadvertently, but like we didn't realize how much that authenticity resonated with uh, yeah. with the masses, you know, yeah. with the community. Like, I think this is one of those things that's hidden in plain sight, just like how Blue Cat was looking at you the whole time <laughs> until we're like, wait, this is it. Because I think the, the sheer like blood, sweat, and tears and elbow grease that you had channeled into your character, like Blue Cat, pain and frustration and self-doubt and love and like all the emotions just over the years to defining like the shape and form of what makes Blue Cat Blue Cat. That's the thing that when people interact with Blue Cat for the first time, they're just like, oh, I like it or it looks good. But they're actually interacting with something a lot more. Like, yeah. It's you. It's you. It's actually you. Well, and like going back to not giving up was like, yeah. it, it was just like, wait, you... You can give up on something, but that doesn't mean it was a bad idea. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just might not have worked out in that like yeah, that avenue. Context. That yeah, that yeah. context or whatever. So with Web three, it was like, wait, we have this great thing, this character. Like, this is the opportunity yeah. for it. And so it's all about like just kind of reapplying something. And yeah. like, you know, if you believe in it, go for it. And it's also yeah. wild too because like uh, a lot of your a lot of your cartoonist followers before Cool Cats was a lot of just like people who had cats you know like yeah, yeah. it wasn't you were you were bound by the much more saturated audience of instagram which is yeah. like you're just competing with the algorithm there's just so yeah. much content yeah. which yeah. like how and when we hit the, the web3 space it was like there was not a lot you know like a yeah. lot of the projects were some of them were sort of scammy some of them were just very quick like the art wasn't good you know so and not many artists were yeah. in the space yeah. yeah like that was a big yeah. thing it was like no artists were here to like show off what they've been working stuff that they've worked on over the years yeah. it was already built up and you know that's one of the things uh last time we had you on on the roadmap you talked about you know building the brand and you mentioned plushies oh, yeah. as a future yeah. item oh, and then yeah. a couple weeks later we got this tweet so uh talk to us about yeah, plushies yeah, yeah. Yeah. and how maybe that brings people outside of the web3 sure. space into the cool cats brand for yeah. sure so the future is now um the, the plushies are in production they're we're going to be uh, unveiling them. We'll probably unveil them before NFT in my city, maybe. Uh, but they'll definitely be touchable, tangible, viable, uh, claimable, winnable, if you will, um, yeah. in NFT in my city. So yeah, we, we partnered with Toykido. They're going to do, uh, they're taking over all of our merch. They're going to have toys and games and all sorts of fun. Uh, just things to touch with us because the, to, your, to that point, like we don't, we're, we don't want to, because we want to be accessible and inclusive, we can't just be bound to you know, you have to have a, a MetaMask wallet or a Coinbase wallet or, you know, you're bound to crypto, you know, right. bound to blockchain. You need Some to people just want the merch, yeah. you know? Yeah. They don't, yeah. like, they yeah. might be priced out, but they really want to be a part of our community yeah. or whatever in some way. Yeah. And merch is that, that it's an obvious one for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that leads into the gaming space. You know, I just uh, watched a panel mm -hmm. that you did talking about gaming and you mentioned, you know, the... Uh, bringing new people into the ecosystem via yeah. the game. So the last time we spoke, you know, Cool Pets was still getting still getting going. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. of course, told our audience, you said, it's coming. It's coming. And it did. And it you came. delivered. So yeah. now that it's out there, you know, both of you 
tell us what Cool Pets, what Cooltopia means, and finally getting to that finish line yeah. in this first wave. Well, it's, it's more of a checkpoint, less of a finish line. Yeah. But um, yeah, Cooltopia V1 is out, which is great. Um, it's the it's a, an, an interactive gamified experience for people to hatch their pets. You know, we got four different elements, um, but we really want because accessibility is such a big component for us. We don't, and because you need a pet to interact with Cooltopia, we don't we don't want that to be our business model where you have to have some high value price point thing to, to touch the brand to interact with us. So Cooltopia V one point five V two just the future of what we're building. Whether you're a cat holder or not, we're going to be making some sort of gamified interactive experience so anyone can get it. You know, we don't right. we don't need that must be this high to, to ride the ride uh, you know, gate to our And like with Cooltopia, yes it's a game, but at the same time it's our universe. Yeah. Like we are building the universe of where cool cats live or all of these other characters that we're gonna introduce over time, that's where they live. Yeah. And they all have backstories, there's like a yeah. reason why you might like one over the other. Web3 is so new, so it's this continual just like although we put out a roadmap, like internally there's other subcomponents that are also evolving though. Yeah. So one I think big differentiator that separates traditional pre-existing gaming or brands is the Web3 component is this like dynamic, interactive, community influence thing. So the way to think about Cooltopia is not bound by like, it's this web game or it's this, you know, roadmap or it's this brand. Like, it's this multi-layered, faceted it has to do with collections, it has to do with the tangibility of plushies on shelves it has to do with playing the game online it has to do with like our metaverse game so like that's Cooltopia like we're building Cooltopia it's more than just like you go to the website and you play the game so that's a way to think about it and now now that the cool pets are all you know out we talked a little bit about traits when you were on we also talked about the four elements and of course we led to a a Pokemon discussion so I mean Klon I'm gonna have to hear uh, (laughs) who's your starter Pokemon Oh yeah, so I'm Air Gang. Shout out to all the Air Gang out there. Uh, and it's funny, I was always hunting for specifically two traits, and luckily one of them was on sale recently. And I wanted the Halo, and I wanted the Rainbow Sash. And like, it's just funny. Like, no, I know all the traits beforehand. Yeah. I'm like, yep, those are the two I want <laughs> together. And like, if I and you got found it, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who? What was, what was uh, your starter? Pokemon? Yeah, who was your starter Pokemon? Oh, sorry, starter Pokemon. No, 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 no yeah, you're yeah. good. No, that's so, great. When I was a kid. Squirtle was my, you know, go-to, hence why I love the squad glasses yeah. and everything. But Is that what I, you said too with Squirtle? Uh, I don't know. Uh, did I say that previously? I feel like you said Squirtle or Charmander. I, I feel like we had a discussion on how no one picks Bulbasaur. No, but. No, 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 but as I got older, I realized yes, Bulbasaur of the evolution. is the best. Yeah, yeah, oh my, yeah. Venusaur is yeah. hands down yeah. the best, like, But starter. on the low yeah. level. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm talking cute. Yeah. Like, that, I yeah. got Squirtle. Yeah. See, I was Blast Charmander yeah. at the start. But. Yeah. I was never Charmander. Blastoise yeah. was always coolest final form. Yes. But some, when I got older, something clicked, and I became a Bulbasaur boy. Yeah. So, it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, get, like, Mega Drain with Solar Beam. Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you die? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. So how about, how about you? Now that Cool Pets are out, what, oh, what are some of your favorite traits that you've, you've oh, seen? Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, the, I do like my Fire Boy a lot. Um, as far as traits go, the Chef Hat, especially paired with the little oven belly. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> that's just, like, lead the combination. But as far as the water traits go, I'm a sucker for, like, the pets with the pets. So, like, 
the holding the little rubber ducky. And I saw a triple threat combo the other day. There's a water pet holding the rubber ducky with the frog on his head. Oh. Like, that's me. Right? There, you, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, so we, we have this new roadmap out. You talked a little bit about how, you know, there's that stuff out publicly. You've got some internal stuff too. Uh, I don't know if you want to drop any alpha or get anything out there, but like, what are you most excited about mm. over the next, uh, you know, three, six months that's yeah. coming for Cool Cats? Well, initially off the rip, NFT NYC, which is oh, yeah. uh, end of next month in June, end of June, 21st, 23rd. It's going to be really sick. This is going to be like the biggest event that we have put time, effort, energy, and, and an activation and experience into. So and it's like, we keep talking about Cooltopia, and yeah. if you want to go experience yeah. Yeah. it, this will be a yep. good IRL yep. touch yep. point. So that's really cool. Um, we're going to be doing another collection uh, before the year's end, so that's as, that's as much as I'll say yeah. Yeah. about it. It's on the roadmap. It's on the roadmap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like that's a good amount of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NYC really is a big one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that and merch, yeah. like, all coming together is one thing. And there's, like, yeah. there's also, uh, there's always partnerships and collaborations, like, in the works, but those are the types of things that we never want to spill those beans until, like, the ink is dry and it's all yeah. done. So, when we talk about the roadmap, it's just the things that, like, we're just 100% responsible yeah. for. So, there's other, there's other things in the works that are off the roadmap, like, they're going to unveil, you know, over time yeah. as well. But, Definitely. <laughs> we like the cat. We love the cat. <laughs> so, uh, so Clown, you know, Blue Cat, this great character, and my kids, right? And we love the kids. We love uh, the kids. They, they love Blue Cat. And one of the questions they ask me, because we're hearing some of these uh, NFT brands get into media and, you know, talk about animated shows, it is Blue Cat. Are we going to get there? Are we going to get a cartoon, an animated show, a movie? How does that yeah. evolution to the media side go for Cool Cats? Well, it's always been my childhood dream to have a cartoon show. So you could definitely predict that there's going to be one down the line. Yeah, it's baked in. It's baked in. Yeah, it's gonna happen. And that's what this is sort of a, a defining word that we came up with internally recently that we're now actually saying is that Cool Guys is a transmedia IP company. So we started in NFTs on the blockchain, but our we want our our onion of you know Cool Guys is at the core, but our touch points of uh, interactive web three media, Cooltopia, an animated series, a movie, games, collectibles, like. If, if it makes sense, yeah. we want that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Love it. We're here. VCon yeah. 2022, Elu, Klan for yeah. Cool Cats. We like the cats, we like guys. Cats. Thanks for taking time, <laughs> yes, you know, sir. to sit down with us and share that news with Benzinga. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Until next time. Hey, it's Chris from Benzinga. We're live here, VCon 2022. And I'm here with Frankie Nines from Sup Ducks. Frankie, sup. Sup, sup, sup. <laughs> All right, so we had you on the roadmap a while back. We talked about Sup Ducks. And since then, you've been a busy guy. We got Mega Toads, we got Whack Ducks. So tell us a little bit about how those two projects have evolved the community and the brand of Subducks. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, the last time I spoke with you guys, uh, I was just getting ready to release Megatoads. And what was crazy about Megatoads was it was the first UGC experiment where people could create their own NFT by literally like burning and sacrificing, you know, King, King Frogs. Um, and so what was really interesting there from, you know, taking every, everything that we build as like a learning experience of like how, how, how 
understanding the users, understanding their collecting habits, understanding their investment habits, like understanding how to build value and emotional connections to things that like when we made Megatoads, you know, like seeing the community spend time to craft them and fall in love with them and then figuring out what was the next step with them, right? And we had already had like that full loop of you create a toad and the reason why is because your duck is going to lick it and it's going to change the state of your duck, right? And so um, that was the, the last thing that we just released and seeing people do it and seeing how people respond to it and the tech art pipeline that we built. You know, there's a thousand toads, there's 10,000 ducks, there's a hundred thousand uh, capabilities, possibilities. So, you know, not only doing a big art chunk pipeline and production pipeline, but building the experience for the people to really interact and see, you know, see, can we make it so that you can play with your NFTs? How can you interact them, interact with them on chain? Like, how can you, you know, change, change something about them, upgrade them or, you know, do different things with them? And so really, I mean, that's been kind of like the focus is like, how do we push what people think is utility for how you interact with, with the content that you essentially own? Um, and so, no, it's been, it's been really good. Uh, the outcome so far, it's been, it's been really fun to see people's responses and see how people actually like really dig it. Um, and then, you know, the next step is like, all right, now what do you do with, what do you do with that whack duck, with that wacky duck? You know, like, oh, well, now it's, well, they're, they're, they're super psychedelic. They're enlightened. So now we got to take them to the, to the, they're on the path of enlightenment. Now they got to have some kind of reward mechanism, right? Because, you know, the, from an entry point standpoint of, uh, of the entire ecosystem, for you to have like a whack duck and a toad, you had to do a lot of stuff. You had to have a duck, then you had to have frogs, and you had to feed your frogs, and then you had to make a toad, and then you had to, you know, so like the the user path of investment and just not not like money investment, but their investment and in how much time they've spent inside the ecosystem. Now the final piece is what is the big reward, right? And so building building something that then now it's like, yo, you went and did all of this. Here you go, boom, like here's, here's, here's the payoff. So Frankie, we just got a new roadmap from SupDux and, and there's a lot in there, right? So I mean, I don't wanna go through the whole thing. Uh, I invite everyone you know, to check out that Medium article that you put out with that drawing of the roadmap, but what, what is it that maybe you're most excited about with the roadmap that's coming up for SupDux? Yeah, so obviously we have, uh, we've been working primarily on like our media brand, right? Which is a big, I think, for me, looking at how to build a really great brand where it's like, this is my Mickey Mouse, this is my Bart Simpson, right? Like, how can I build value in IP that can expand after Web3, right? And then understanding what is going to be the evolution of Web3. So some of the things that I've put into the roadmap are not only like some of the games and some of the more of the interoperable like experiences, but like I want to start experimenting with AI. I want to start experimenting with uh, more user-generated content, you know, and giving, letting people create personalities for their ducks, letting people, uh, you know, ho hooking up like uh, dictionaries to your ducks so they, they talk and they interact with each other and like letting them come to life. And, you know, some of the things on, again, on the roadmap are uh, experiments into that. Obviously, upgrading some of the tokenomics, so volts and things like that, you know, just massaging what we have because we've tried so much and we've built so much that now is the time to like really just make it all better and better and better. 
I see on the roadmap, of course, Megaverse, and that's something that you know drew my attention. I'm excited about. Tell us a little bit more about the the Megaverse. Yeah, well, so I think there's a big opportunity for obviously the the Metaverse concept, right? Um, and the big opportunity there is all just the interoperability, right? Like that's really the the big selling point is I can use different characters from different projects and different IP to play games with my friends, right? And they can be they can be an ape, I can be I can be a subduck, whatever, right? What I'm trying to build is is more of an invest express model in a casual play model that isn't so game heavy specific where you can pop in for five minutes, you can pop in for 10 minutes. Because as you know, anybody that's in the space, we're glued to OpenSea and we're glued to, to, to crypto blogs. Like how much time are we actually spending playing a lot of like heavy games? Like I haven't picked up a controller and played a game like for, for a while just because I'm so invested in not only working, but I'm just invested on in staying up to date with how fast the, 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 the industry moves. And so what I'm looking at is building like an interoperable uh, casual play system that focuses on 2D assets. Because I, I, I love 2D, don't get me wrong. Like I think 3D is great. We have VX uh, subducts dropping for Sandbox um, that you can use in other 3D platforms. But I want to build tooling that anyone that has a 2D project can come in and you know build the puppet systems and the animation systems and, and things like that. And so you can play retro style games and um, interact with them online and, um, with your friends or whatever. And then, you know, looking at like, what does play to earn actually mean? Is play to earn just the actions of like doing actions and earning tokens because someone paid that? Or is play to earn DeFi mechanics inside the tokenomic system? So experimenting with how can you make DeFi fun and visual? Love it. So we've recently seen, you know, kind of this evolution of the Subdux brand uh, cartoon and animated series. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that. We're seeing a lot of projects go that way. What does Subdux have, you know, in store in terms of animated series and media down the road? Yeah. So we've been working on a cartoon. Really talented Justin. He's, he's one of our guys on our stream. He's a voice actor. OG in the cartoon space. It was the bully in Hey Arnold. He's done a lot of stuff on various cartoons. Um, so working with him and uh, his his network to actually make a real cartoon. And you know, there, there's a lot of projects that are looking at making cartoons. I think with the style of art, there's a really big opportunity. Um, one of the things that I think we have and what we bring to the table is all the team that's working on it, the support from Mila's team and um, the gimmicks and, and, you know, looking at being, my goal is to be one of the first NFT project cartoons that's on a real network. And like being based in LA, having a pilot inked, all sound, sound designed with professional voice actors and then sitting in front of the big networks and being like, we have something really great. We have a strong community. We have a great art style and we have fantastic story you know and like that's i think boils down to it is making a cartoon is it it's my first time and yo it is a lot harder than it is to build a game or even launch an nft project like the story's got to be good right and so i think that's that's one of the the leverages that we have is the story the story's written really well so i think we'll i think we'll see it i think we i'm fingers crossed but i think we'll be one of the first ones where it's like yo 
we actually made it on a major network. I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm excited to see Stuff Ducks, yeah, as a, a media brand and as an animated series. Uh, so Snoop Dogg, who's here at VCon, he's going to be speaking on Sunday. He put out a death row NFT track about Sup Ducks. What does that mean, you know, as a creator to see someone like Snoop Dogg write a song about your brand? Yeah, so I've done a lot of work with Snoop. I've been working with Snoop since 2014, 13. Um, I was actually did the artwork for his first drop on Crypto.com. Um, I have a really tight relationship with uh, his his team. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty surreal. Like, I literally get a phone call. It's Snoop, and he's like, "Yo, sup, sup, duck." <laughs> he's like, he's like, "Yo, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drop a track." And then the next thing I know, there's an entire track with him talking about you know sup, sup ducks. And what was crazy about it is the way that he was dropping music. He was actually staying true to the ethos of like NFTs where you can, if you own it, you can go remix it. You can use the instrumental, you can do whatever. And the song that he, he delivered to us in that like four minute track was probably, I don't know, like 45 seconds of his actual wordage, but the rest was a beat. So we took it, remixed it and added on top of it. So for, for how, how powerful this type of content is and what we were able to actually put as a use case to, I bought this NFT with Snoop Dogg feature on it and I can make it my own song, boom, you know? So really, really cool, really exciting. It was like, yeah, I was the, the entire team was so stoked. That's awesome. So Frankie, last question for you. You know, we talk a lot about community with NFT projects. So one of the things you said in a recent post was that you're gonna keep on supping with the community. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, we have a we have a pretty crazy culture with our community. Everybody just says sup, 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 right? Like we took took a took a slang uh, word and turned it into an entire like culture piece. Hey everyone, Chris from Benzinga. We're here with Eric, founder of Art Blocks. Eric, thanks for taking time out here at VCon and joining us. Uh, you've been to a lot of NFT events, um, you know, throughout the history of this space. How does VCon compare to other events you've been to? Uh, Recon sets a new bar. Uh, I I kind of had an idea what to expect just from the fact that we have like speaker packets and they, you know, picked us up from the airport. Uh, I'd never been to baggage claim and had someone standing there holding my name up, you know. And I, and I feel as someone that goes through the circuit and travels to all of these conferences, often you feel kind of like cattle being pushed around as a speaker, and uh, and this this felt very different to to the point where like I kind of want to start actually maybe being a little bit more selective and say, look, if you're going to treat your speakers well, I don't, I don't want to be paid to speak. Like, you can send that money to charity as far as I'm concerned. But uh, traveling is hard. We're away from our families, and this just feels different. It just feels way more significant. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, really proud to be a part of it too. So VCon 2022, multiple-day event. There's multiple stages going on. Uh, you're speaking uh, are there any panels you're excited, you know, to attend? Other artists you're looking forward to connecting with while you're here? Oh man, I mean, all my friends are here. You know, it's crazy getting to listen to everyone from uh, Tom Sachs to get to represent. I mean, Tom Sachs sat on stage uh, right next to Fuocious, and you know, just like that juxtaposition of art was insane. Um, one of our lead investors and like a really close mentor and friend, Derek Schloss, is. Uh, is speaking today um 
And in between, like builders like Nate Alex and Richard and uh, just so many people that have had such an important role in the development of the space. Plus, then there's like the celebrities. I've been watching, you know, Milo Kunis for years and Kevin Smith was on stage. And just being in the same stadium as those people is, is just a really special thing. So I want to turn to Art Blocks a minute. We had you on the road, uh, the roadmap. We talked about, you know, the project, the, the squiggles, different things. So since we last spoke, you did a Infinite Objects partnership, the first hundred squigglements. Tell us a little bit about that and what it means for Art Blocks overall. Well, oh man, that's deep. So starting with the fact that um, I'm, I've been had, I've had the luxury or the pleasure uh, to work with Adam Lindemann and Venus Over Manhattan Gallery, who has really kind of not only embraced generative art and art blocks and kind of the NFT space, but like specifically been a, a mentor to me in terms of how to navigate the art world. He and I did a drop of 300 crummy squiggles and ended up being 310. Um, you know, he encouraged me to kind of, you know, get more out there. I've been, you know, kind of feeling this weird burden of them still being unminted. And we minted 300 of them. 100 of them were exhibited in New York just a couple days ago uh, at his gallery. The first 100 that were minted uh, on Infinite Objects frames. Infinite Objects has been incredible to work with and support. They've, they've created these beautiful installations of the squiggles. The second 100, an identical copy of this uh, installation, but with the second one, hundred squiggles is on its way to Art Basel in Switzerland. Uh, it's going to be at the Design Miami Fair in uh, Basel, and then the last one, the last three hundred, uh, the last one hundred and ten are going to Design Miami in Miami during Miami Design Week or Miami Art Week. So, uh, really excited to a get to work with Adam and his incredible team uh, at Venus Over Manhattan, and then the the people at Infinite Objects who have been nothing but just like support and and wonderful in this process. So Artblocks is a, you know, top 10 project all-time sales volume. It's, uh, you know, considered a leader in the generative art space. Tell us what it means to be, you know, considered a leader in, <coughs> in the space and where is generative art headed right now? Well, you know, my goal right now is that generative art is uh, headed in the direction where you can drop the word generative and you can just call it art. And what that means is that we as a team, and I personally have you know, kind of taking this initiative that, you know, kind of like the way surfing and skateboarding was added to the Olympics because there was a bunch of people that were just really passionate about that sport. Uh, I want to elevate generative art and the awesome artists that we get to work with and just all of the artists in the space, whether we get to work them or not, into the kind of the mainstream of art, like to be respected as artists, not crypto artists or NFT artists or generative artists even, but just as artists. And so, uh, Artblocks is, you know, dedicating a ton of effort and resources to just educate, teach, and 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 communicate uh, everything from like the process of the birth of the generative edition to what happens afterwards and like the community and the conversations that happen uh, post mint. Uh, and we're having a good amount of success. You know, my my favorite thing to do right now is to talk to a, a hater, uh, someone that thinks that NFTs are a medium, not a technology, and, and, and educate people and and that nfts are a technology they're a technology that enable this medium of generative art to really flourish in a way that i couldn't before tell us about some recent drops that art blocks has done some collabs with these artists what projects uh, are you excited for within art blocks other artists are the ones you've minted recently you know yourself 
Uh, I meant all of them. Um, still, it's like something really important to me that I, I get to participate in every single drop. Um, I think that's a vote of confidence in what we're doing. And like, you know, if I don't want to mint it, then it shouldn't, it shouldn't be in our box, right? Um, I'm particularly interested lately in projects as curation has become so much more difficult to achieve. And so projects have gotten way more technical and uh, way more sophisticated. Uh, continue raising the bar both in the curated and the non-curated section of the site, right? So uh, Artblocks has really elevated its standards and in, in what we have on the platform. Uh, you know, we, we do love the idea of inclusivity and including everybody, but um, we really also want to respect and value the incredible art that's been launched on our platform. And, and to do that, we just want to maintain the highest level of quality with the highest level of artists. And I think just the last few weeks have been a really great reflection of just an elevated level of art. You've touched on it a little bit with some of these answers, but what's next for Artblocks? Where is Artblocks headed? Anything you can share for you know some future drops, future uh, roadmap down the road? We have so much. I mean, it's starting to look like end of third quarter, you're going to see Artblocks V2, almost like an entire... Uh, reconceptualization of the platform. Uh, you know, we're, we're working on the next edition of our smart contract, which will be more optimized and gas efficient. We're working on uh, a, a completely new charter for curation and transparency within curation, um, plus some, some, some internal stuff that uh, will start to, not a token, but will start to reward people that participate in our community in a lot of different ways. One of my favorite initiatives that we have uh, that we're trying to work towards is, for example, one of the, our team members came up with this concept that uh, on the Artbox website, we will start creating a badge for individual NFTs that have been exhibited because we're seeing Artbox pieces exhibited all over the world in all sorts of things, NFT-focused fairs and traditional art world fairs, like to the in the most elite levels. And I think something that's really beautiful about this space is that, you know, we ask the collectors who wants to show their piece at these uh, exhibitions. They offer their pieces, and there is actually a joy in having your piece shown at an exhibition. Uh, so, you know, we want to reward people with that. And it's not like a huge reward, but it's like, hey, those pieces of art are now going to have a little stamp on them that says, hey, we, this was at, you know, Design Miami New York, and or Design Miami uh, Basel, and... and uh, uh, just little things like that that are going to kind of come together to really start to say thank you to the people that are participating in our Awesome. So the NFT market still relatively new to a lot of people. Um, you've been in it, you know, probably longer than a lot of people, right? CryptoPunks, um, you know, which got your start into art blocks. Uh, we're seeing the market, you know, go through some changes right now. Uh, what are your thoughts and advice for people out there that are seeing, you know, the market change, the market evolve right now? Focus. You know, um, why are you here? If you're here because you love the art and you're here because you're intrigued and curious about like new mediums and new communities and new ways of like coming together and understanding each other and understanding art, then you are going to be in a really good spot. Um, because what's happening in the market is completely irrelevant to that. Um, if you're here for direct speculation and flipping and stuff like that, well, then you should be conscientious of what you're doing. You should be understanding that you're participating in markets, not necessarily art. And we're not, we, we don't hate on that, but we definitely have this sincere focus of elevating generative art to a new standard in the, in the art world. And 
Um, it feels as though every time the market kind of falls apart a little bit, it shakes a little bit of the speculation out, uh, leaving behind some of the people that really actually genuinely care about the art, the artists, and the community that we built. Awesome. Again, we've got Eric from Artblocks. We're here live. VCon 2022 here for Benzinga. Eric, thank you so much for taking time and joining us today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Hey guys, Chris from Benzinga. We're here with Sean from Pixelvault. Uh, Sean, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, first off, congratulations. Pixelvault just passed the one-year anniversary. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the lessons you've learned along the way in you know, that one-year period. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a space that moves this fast, definitely a takeaway is uh, strong beliefs held loosely, right? We're, we're looking to build something that's here to last for the long haul. And so, you know, we want to constantly be listening to the community, be reacting to the market, um, exploring new opportunities, right? Uh, Pixel Vault has always stood for trying to be on the very cutting edge of things, and that's constantly changing. So, you know, just uh, taking it one step at a time, not trying to get too far ahead of ourselves. So over the last 365 days, what would you say that you're most proud of uh, to accomplish within the Pixel Vault ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, really, for me, what I'm most proud of is our team. We were sort of three strangers on the internet at the outset. At the turn of the year, we were 11, and now we're over 50 strong. I think that that's probably Pixel Vault's biggest differentiator today, is that uh, we really have every role we could imagine, and the best of the best from not only Web3, we've, we've hired directly from our own community, uh, which has been awesome, I think, with the fluctuations in the market, you need people that really believe in, in our core values. And by hiring from our community, it's helped us to, uh, I think, keep that core ethos that we want to have. So people got physical punks comics uh, shipped to them. And, you know, uh, we've, we've seen people send them off to get graded. I mean, in the same likes of, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. What does that mean as a creator to see, you know, the work that you've accomplished people getting it graded as a physical collectible along with the digital side. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think one of the things that, that makes it even more special is the fact that people had to make so many decisions with that NFT before they ultimately collected the physical comic. So there were only about 3,200 in circulation. And uh, it was no small feat getting them to all of these people across the globe in perfect shape. So we've had a bunch of 9.8 grades come in and it's it's just really special being a, a lifelong collector myself. Um, there's, it just hits a bit differently when you see it there in the nice CGC grading. Pixel Vault building out this IP, and we've heard you know for a long time getting into gaming. So we've got this Meta Hero AAA title coming. What is it about the gaming space that you're most excited about for Pixel Vault? Well, for us, gaming is an opportunity to just continue telling stories. The entire business is around creating stories alongside our community, and games are an incredibly immersive way to tell those stories. So we want to tie the NFT collectibles with fun gaming experiences. Um, at the end of the day, you hear all this talk about PTE gaming, and people like the idea of making money while playing games. But if it's not fun, really, what's the point? I think in the long haul, we have to focus on creating fun, immersive experiences. And so on the Pixel Vault team, we're building out uh, a blockchain gaming sort of vertical. So we have 17 people on staff now building that out, uh, working with uh, an amazing external studio for our AAA efforts, and really 
it's just all about creating sort of like an immersive experience to get into our stories. So finding fun ways to do that. So in the one year anniversary post that you put out, you mentioned dropping some alpha here at VCon. So we're here at VCon and you spoke on the main stage and we saw this uh, video played with Dana White, president of the UFC. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Dana White and what's next in the Pixel Vault Sports vertical. Yeah. So much like our partnership with Adidas last year, it was always about trying to find these sort of legacy businesses that just have like rabid fans and that are so tied to the culture. And I think UFC certainly fits the bill for that, but more so people that truly want to be builders here for the long term. And his son, Aiden, and his nephew, Will, will actually be joining our team to help bring this to life. And um, some people have questioned like, oh, you're getting into sports now? Well, for me, as a, as a kid, athletes were always my, su- my superheroes. And so getting an opportunity to tell a, a very compelling story in you know, a very tried and true uh, vertical that just people love, right? What better path to telling stories than athletics and competition? And so with uh, Dana White, the UFC, Aiden, Will, etc., we're going to be building out sort of like a, a story tied to the origins of mixed martial arts and very sort of similar principles to what we've done with Punk's Comic and Metahero, uh, leaning on story, wanting to have fun uh, interactions native to the blockchain, you know, staking, burning, etc. Um, fun game theory mechanics, ways for people to interact with one another. But again, it's about telling the stories of these athletes. So something we're really excited about. So speaking of sports, we also have some talk of Major League Baseball. Tell us a little bit uh, more about what that could mean for Pixelball. Yeah, so again, someone from our community, Kenny Gersh, who's in business development for Major League Baseball. He wants to make baseball fun, right? And what's more fun than Web3? Uh, Tying people that love baseball back to the sport, getting to know more about athletes that they, you know, they love. Like your allegiances to your professional sports teams run deep, often many generations. And so um, right now, uh, we're sponsors. You can see us in uh, Behind Home Plate. We were featured on the Apple TV Game of the Week yesterday. Uh, We're going to be sponsoring the Defensive Play of the Day, the Pixel Vault Lockdown Defensive Play of the Day. Uh, And then we're working towards a a longer-term opportunity to, to tell the stories of athletes. And right now, we're actually working with some individual Major League players to be announced soon. But they're going to have the opportunity to tell their stories through our existing franchises of Punks and Metahero. So it's not something we'll sell. They'll just be fun airdrops to our community and an opportunity to tell sort of fun sports stories in superhero form. So we have Punks uh, comic issue number three coming, the last in that original series. And we heard that holders of all three are getting a Punks PFP. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so... Up until now, we've been selling the comics, but that's been holding us back a bit because we want to be able to release content more frequently. And so instead, when you become a citizen of Origin City, when you have this digital identity tied to the Punk's comic brand, which still most people know us by, given the work we've done with Adidas and just dating back to that original storytelling NFT of of Punk's comic, once you get the PFP from having collected the first three, we're going to airdrop the comics as we move forward. 
Uh, it'll give you the ability to interact in our blockchain games in the AAA environment that we're working to build out with this partner. And so it's sort of more like uh, joining a community, a membership. Um, we believe that digital identity is going to be so tremendously important as we move forward over time. People want to feel like they belong to something. And IP has, has been something that has tied people together. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars, people's favorite franchises are something that, that bond people. And so we think the PFP will allow people to display that proudly when so far they've only had the story to really tie them to Punk's comic. Speaking of IP and, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, media, we do have a deal signed with Blur Studios. Tell us a little bit more about Blur Studios, who they are, what they've done, and what led you to decide to work with them. Yeah, they were far and away our top choice for a partner to work with on MetaHero. Um, from the work they did on Deadpool, re reimagining what a superhero was with that sort of dark, snarky humor. Uh, we like the, the influence that that could have on what MetaHero can be. Also, Love, Death, and Robots, which season three dropped uh, yesterday. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but anybody that hasn't, I highly recommend it. Specifically, in these new digital environments, I think short-form content is going to reign supreme. And the opportunity to tell stories based on the same canon, but through the lens of all these different creators. So if you watch Love, Death, and Robots, episode to episode, there's a different creative vision. And uh, we think that's going to be a really amazing opportunity to work with not only sort of Hollywood talent, but existing sort of Web3 artists to tell metahero-based stories in a fun and, and constantly changing manner. This is Chris again from Benzinga, live here with Sean, a.k.a. G-Funk from Pixel Vault. Sean, thanks so much for taking time and uh, sharing with Benzinga viewers and readers the Pixel Vault vision going forward. Thank you. Appreciate it.